calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, everybody, everybody. It's the big question for these things always. Um, Kara and Aries asked it. What was your favorite episode this season? And why? I will go first. Mine was episode 69, um, which is the one where Caldwell issues the final ultimatum to Ren. Ren then goes, rounds the team up when they're getting ready for bed, yells at all of them, reminds them who's boss, basically, uh, in a way that is very off-putting. And then, uh, the, and then meanwhile, also, Sam is listening to the, the Anna tape about the ice cream truck and the clowns, and it's more and more disturbing. And then... After Ren finishes delivering that, like, uh, it's basically mask off Ren and then mask off everyone sort of reacting to it. Um, That was like, I didn't quite know what to expect from that episode. And then I just ended up being really, really, really happy with how it came out and like the writing process for it. And um, I feel very proud of it. So I think that one was my favorite one, but it truly is hard to pick because I could list about 10 more episodes that are also my favorite. And then. Like I don't, I don't think I have any personal duds in this season, so I love all of them. I gotta hate. I always hate this question, but especially for this season, just because I feel like every episode was so strong in different ways. Every child's my favorite. Yes, honestly, that's yeah. how I feel. Um, I think the two episodes. I'll, I'll change it slightly and say the two episodes that I was most excited about when they came together and was most surprised by, and like the process of editing them. Um, episode 68 which i already talked about which was you know this the episode after sam goes across the veil and gets horrifically injured um has that lovely moment with uh kate and then the strange looping jabberwocky poem um from anna on the tape um Mm. that one i was not there for the recording session with aaron so there were just so many just fun and wild surprises in the way she delivered that monologue uh and the way it came together so that was just so fun to listen to and so fun to discover in the process of editing it. I know Erin like really had a good time with that one too. Like she, she was like, I want to try something else. I want to try something else. (laughs) And like she played Lady Macbeth one time in a Shakespeare in the woods thing. So I feel like she was channeling a lot of that like madness sort of. Fun fact. The first thing I ever saw um, both 
um, Aaron and Mike Kennedy in. Um, it was that production of Macbeth where he was playing mm. Macbeth. That's right. He was playing Macbeth. Which is it, it's just very strange now for the characters they play. Same. <laughs> the That's part. the first time yeah, I saw Morrison them. and Anna. Uh, yeah, that is funny. Oh, we should maybe make a Macbeth reference <laughs> in season four. This is just occurring to me right now. Mm. I need to write yeah. this down. Uh, and also and also speaking of Mike Kennedy, um, episode 73, um, Apremont Le Deluge, um, that one was just another one where the performance that Mike put in just kept surprising me as I was editing in just all the layers and just how effectively he delivered that just absolutely insane monologue we gave him. Um, and just the slow building tension of that episode um along with of course the lovely scene between uh ezra and sophie um at the start and there and and that's the then that's also the episode with aaron's favorite scene so yeah in the cold open so yeah there's yeah there was just so much good stuff in that episode um and just as a kickoff to what basically was our you know our three-part finale um i just love that one so much and i'm so mm. glad that one came out like halloween the the week the, the Friday before Halloween, because that was that was perfect timing. Yes. Yeah. It was not at all planned for. <laughs> I am sticking with my guns. I really liked Torres de Pasa. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. <laughs> just was very rewarding to uh to work on and be a part of. And I'm sure everyone in my life is very sick about hearing me talk about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope not. <laughs> You did so well in it. I it's just a beautiful beautiful episode. You really brought so much life and presence to it. Absolutely. It's all the good writing that was put into it, you know. Yes, I'm so grateful I got to like work with Vianne on that and get their input and their uh guidance on that and like so many of the beautiful details in that came from things that they provided and um that was that was a really really fun partnership there. Absolutely. And Ezra? Yeah, I really think this season was just no misses with the writing. All of the episodes were incredible, and it is hard to pick a favorite. But I do think um, episode 69 is also my favorite. I was at that table read, even though Ned's not in that episode, but I was at the table read, and I actually got to read for Ren Park because Sam mm. Taylor was not there. And um, That's right. I got to yeah. act opposite Chris Allison, who plays Dr. Caldwell. And um, I was... Mm. My pants. <laughs> Chris is like an <laughs> incredible actor. Just mm-hmm. so good. I was so like, good. yeah, yeah, they're in this. <laughs> like, oh, abs- 100%. Ren gets absolutely Chris, destroyed. Chris is called well. I can't <sighs> imagine anyone else in that role. Just sublime yeah. in that role. And also, um, it has. It's just some some really great Rob, and for those of you who don't know, I'm like the number one Rob Quincy mm. fan. <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> Which is really ironic, considering the one interaction your characters have had in the show mm-hmm. was just so petty. <laughs> He's a good man, okay? And uh, and you must yeah. and Ned must destroy that at all costs. <laughs> you know, he kind of lost himself for a little bit there, but we got to see Rob kind of come back and be like, no, look, I'm you know, Bill is my person and I'm Bill's person and this is how it's going to be. And I just love that specific moment. I think that's what pushes it into like favorite territory for me in Virginia. I admire you so much as a writer and I like everything you write, but thank you, Ezra. Yes. It was a beautiful episode in a beautiful season. Um, I also want to shout out episode 59, which is the one that took place in white sands with the mm-hmm. Jovi. And um, I love, uh, just a an, a banger of a script from Van Winkle, and I love that it. There's so many like 
just the the way that the Jovian has those harsh questions for like, what's your purpose? And Kate is struggling so hard with that. And like the way that that just feels so stark against the backstory of like the creation of the atomic bomb and like bombing a giant portion of New Mexico to, to test out this like huge death machine. And like, there's just like so much there that is so existential and dark. And then they're just sort of left with like, okay, uh, hmm, that's a lot to think about. But hey, that's not the end of the world we're looking for. So moving swiftly along. Right. So moving swiftly along. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which is in many ways a summary of the whole season and uh, why everyone gets in so much trouble at the end. <laughs> and then I did also just, I have to shout out uh, Cassandra Teese again. <laughs> I so loved writing episode 60 with her with for the Apocalypse Songs crossover. Um, go listen to Apocalypse Songs if you never have. It's five episodes. Listen to it in one sitting is what I recommend. It is so well written. Um, the crossover that we wrote is essentially like sort of a prequel to Apocalypse Songs because... By the time you see uh, Amy Louise Chen in the actual show, uh, she is like a seasoned reporter doing like a, a special on this mysterious musician from the 60s. Um, it's really good. It's really, really good. Go listen to it. I liked two of them, I think. I would say I had two favorites. Um, episode I haven't written down over here because I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> um, episode 51 um Vox Eternum that one was just really fun um it was really fun to record I got to work with a bunch of new actors um who were all brilliant and it was such a good learning experience and there was a lot of different scenes so it was just it was just a it was just fun it was just a fun one to to record um because each scene was a little different um and then I really enjoyed, I believe it was called A Clarion Calling. That was episode oh, yeah. 60. Yes, um, the crossover one. Yeah. It was so much fun working with that actress as well. And mm-hmm. it was mostly dialogue. Um, so it just made the recording process really fun. It was just mm. it was just a lot of fun. I really just enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, Cassandra, I think, wrote most of that dialogue, and she's such a good writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also do tend to give um, Anna quite a few very hefty monologues um, throughout the series. So, yeah. Yeah. Dialogue is all- yeah. And, of course, I enjoy that. But I think, Trevor, you know, because I've jokingly said it over the years, I really enjoy the dialogue scenes. And that one was mm-hmm. mostly dialogue. And, yeah. um and that I didn't, it wasn't just that reason why I enjoyed it. Um, I just, it was just a fun yeah, one yeah. to record. No, it absolutely was. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so much fun working with that team. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. <laughs> yeah, I love all of them so much. I hope to visit them someday in Wellington. Mm-hmm. I had dreams about being in Wellington, actually, while I was writing that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was a well, cool benefit. I, <laughs> I want to go on that writer's walk. Oh, mm-hmm. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and like the writer's walk actually uh this is uh, this is actually a funny story about that. At some point when we were f- like finishing up the script, um we were worried that like wait, are we going to get sued for like having these excerpts of I, these poems I was in worried. Here? <laughs> right. Um because that's like that's that's a reasonable thing to worry about as Americans. That's a thing that can happen all the time. 
And we mentioned this to Cassandra and she was like, I really don't think you have to worry about that. Uh, New Zealand's not very litigious. And like, so anyway, she was like, well, I know someone at the writer's walk. So she just emailed them and they were like, oh, that would be wonderful. By the way, we're looking for someone to redesign our website, you know, so and so and such. Do, do you have any recommendations? It was just like, so like, hey, right. how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, we all know each other. So anyway, <laughs> right. side question. It was just a really funny email to see um, like how, uh, yeah, it's just a much smaller country and it's right. it's great. Um, and they were like, yeah, of course. Uh, and then me. You know, of course, gave him a shout out in the show notes for being mm-hmm. so great. Um, Absolutely. I'm glad we could use the full quotes from those poems in the writer's block. Mm, my favorite episode of this season is episode 61. Laisse les bons temps rouler. I loved, listen, Caldwell, barely in that episode. That wasn't, that's not even why, like, all, the, the scene she has with Jerry is extremely funny to me because... She has no idea what's happening. and She doesn't seem like a person to whom that happens a lot. So her confusion was so entertaining. But just this episode, it had everything. It had New Orleans, an architectural walking tour, vampires, people being up to vampires, um, drunk Sam. Every now and then I will just shout the big jazz to myself and it makes my day. Um... And, you know, things ending, like, kind of happily, like, in a fun way for everyone was, it was just really nice. It was a really fun episode, and I liked it a lot. Um, Yeah, I was there for the table read of that one, and I was just very glad that I don't record with my camera on, because you all would have just seen me the whole time um, almost falling off of my little chair with laughter, because I was having a ball. Mm-hmm. My favorite episode this season was definitely episode 63, Todo Se Pasa. I, the story of Maria's family, it, it was just so... It did that thing that I think I love about the Sheridan tapes, which is this balance between intimate, emotional, moving storytelling with like a, a subtle horror and... um gravitas and and i think that this episode in a sort of standalone way did that so well also the reason that i say it's my favorite and this is maybe the simplest is just that it's the one that has stuck with me more than any other one um it's the one i keep thinking about it's the one that it's like really good food like i wanted more i wanted to dive back in and um yeah just the the layers and and the maria's performance um it's just, it's just all all really great. So, yeah, I I absolutely loved absolutely loved that that episode. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On May Day, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to May Day wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we got a, we got a few questions here about production editing. Uh, Mm -hmm. so let's see, this is from Dusty. Uh, so in season two, there was the story about the coffee pot and microwave sound effect, anything like that from season three? You know, unfortunately not. I didn't get to do, I don't, I'm trying to think if I did any like live recording of fully this season. Um, and I don't think I did closest thing was just getting very lucky with a couple of, you know, finds of specific recordings from the different locations uh we worked you know the stories were set in particularly Mm -hmm. uh allegheny national forest uh and um you know new orleans uh those you know i was trying to make them i just tried to make since we were in so many different places um and many of them you know had similar general characteristics to a lot of the other locations we'd heard and visited before um just trying to make them more specific and more kind of accurate to the region in terms of what specific elements i used to build those um Hmm. but yeah unfortunately i didn't get to do any kind of like fun live recording with props uh this season at least not that i can remember off the top of my head so james did some uh recording of like sounds in wellington for episode 60 so like the bird calls because obviously we can't reproduce that here and they would probably be hard to find uh sounds of like coffee shop chatter and walking around the waterfront like all of the mm-hmm. sound in that episode was just james walking around with the mic which i yeah. love i love that or at the very least it started with that and then i built elements yeah exactly to, to reinforce that but it's yeah the, uh, it was it was nice yeah yeah really nice having like live recordings from the actual physical locations because i'm of course doing this all from my closet in irvine <laughs> yeah <laughs> be a bit expensive to fly out to all these locations and do some live recording fully right yeah we're we're not that we're not at that stage. We're not at the the big bucks Sheridan tapes stage. That that would be no. quite a lot of big bucks to fly to Wellington just to record some birds. So thankfully we have some friends <laughs> on the inside. Uh, <laughs> so all right, this next question is from Aries. What made y'all decide to use a different closing theme for each episode? Yeah, I mean it's the same kind of um, reasoning of why I did it for the you know season finales for seasons one and two. It's just to reinforce a sense of kind of 
finality and closure to you know certain story arcs um you know to you know i find you know music you know songs with lyrics um more you know that type of thing as opposed to you know the score which is great for reinforcing the moments there i just it's mostly just like a kind of a roll credits kind of a long curtain kind of moment for me um mm. it just lets the kind of what's happened in you know for those ones, what happened in the whole season to kind of sink in um, and have kind of a moment to process. Uh, the reason I decided to do that for basically we and there was there was one exception for this, which was um, uh, Thou Winter Wind and Totally Pasa both had um, specific um, closing credits. But besides that, I did it basically every four episodes just because there seemed to be, you know, in the way this story was structured and this just kind of happened naturally, it wasn't entirely planned just about every four episodes some kind of like small arc of the story mm. kind of came to a close and another began um which happened to be how we recorded the blocks <laughs> yes which which, well. which is also very handy um <laughs> but yeah like the first four episodes you know with box eternum which is very much the pilot for the whole season mm -hmm. uh, and the three-parter with um amanita and the Araculites. um you know that all felt very connected all the stuff on the first kind of return trip to uh Meriwether mm -hmm. along with uh the aside in Oslo with um with Nedgar Morrison um <laughs> Nedgar and yeah it, it just it that just kept happening and it felt like the, there were good moments to reinforce like this is a moment of shifting and changing in the story and it was just happening just because of the pace of this um this season and the way it unfolded it felt appropriate to you know kind of reinforce those and we're closing one chapter and moving into another because just things were constantly changing and moving this season. Um, and I felt that was just a, a good way to reinforce that. Um, also helped that I I got an um, I purchased an art list subscription early in the season and that gave me access to a, a huge library of music that we're able to use now for uh, for basically the show and any other projects. Um, royalty free along with the big library of sound effects which is which was very handy which is also probably oh, yeah. why i didn't record quite so much fully uh, on my end um but yeah. yeah so that's that's the that's the storytelling reason and the the practical reason yeah i, I love all of the songs that you added in there they it's such a fun addition to it, it makes it feel very like dramatic and it, it makes it feel like oh this budget went up didn't it and it's like yeah yeah barely it's like a little subscription every month but you know yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah exactly all right next question from aries what was the most challenging part of this season to produce uh i feel like personally it was like the midpoint of the season when we were doing that karaoke episode again there was a lot i uh that was when i had covid um we were uh there was a lot of like missing recordings and recordings that took a while to uh get completed because of various issues someone else was sick i believe as well uh but that was like the wheels almost came off the bus then uh but we got the bus up and running uh again. yeah yeah i think that stretch <laughs> between like episode uh 58 and um yeah like 62 um, yeah, Honestly. that was the kind of like the height of complexity for the entire show so far, like the most yeah. characters, the most moving pieces, the most every single episode is in a completely different location and full of, you know, specific moments of action and, you know, not a whole lot of just sitting in a room monologuing, which, you know, it can get a little old sometimes to listen to, but is also a lot easier to um, sound design, I will say. Um, 
but um yeah that, that was i would agree that was that was the point where things got the most dicey um and then the way the story was told it did kind of it slowly eased back um and kind of refocused towards the end of the season which yeah that helped a lot yeah yes very nice on making sure we oh we were also producing flight of the bumblebee around that same time yes, as well so that's you know. right I was jumping back from COVID recovery straight to like, okay, we're trying, we're going to schedule a flight of the bumblebee now. It's just like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. I'm glad we all made it through that. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, okay. The, uh, one, one last question here about production editing. And then we have a, a couple of uh, sweet little wrap up questions left. So this is from Jonah. What is the most fun thing about the editing process? I would say... Yeah, I really, really love doing sound design. I really love building something strange and bizarre and otherworldly out of just a bunch of random pieces and just trying things out, layering effects and just tweaking it until it sounds like nothing I've ever heard before. Um, I just always there's always a kind of magic to that for me. Um, Mm. But also this season, I mean, I think it's just because we had so many good like dialogue scenes between characters that just had such strong performances i really enjoyed the dialogue editing process um of this season mm-hmm. much more than i have before like you know there were some episodes where it's like okay i'm i'm re i feel like i'm retiming every single line and it's getting very tedious of <laughs> tweaking like half second you know of course just getting it exactly right and going back and forth but yeah there i i, I had a lot of fun bringing together just some of the quieter simpler scenes this season and yeah, taking a little bit of a lighter hand with that. Um, that was a lot of fun. Mm. All right, y'all. How does it feel being so close to the end? And what surprises you the most about the show now that we're reaching the final season? This is for Mary's with the heartbreaking question. <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> Not me this time. Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. All right. I, well, um, I'm feeling like I'm really glad there's still, as far as I know, a season left for Maria Soul, Mm -hmm. because I'm not ready to let go of her just yet. I've become very attached, you know. (laughs) Um, Of course, I have no idea what's going to happen to her or if I'll have a full season with her, Um, but I'm, I'm glad to have more time with Maria. And I think the most surprising thing to me is that I have no idea where this is going. I don't know what's <laughs> happening to my character. I don't know what's happening to anyone else. I genuinely have no clue how this is going to end. I That's pretty unusual for me. Um, I'm good at picking up on things. I don't know. But they could end up in space. Um <laughs> Is is Anna alive? I have no idea. I, I want to know almost as badly as Maria does. Um, I really don't know anything about anything, and it's very refreshing, actually. Um, you know, that's exciting. Hmm. Glad we're able to keep you guessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also would like to know if Anna's alive. Um... <laughs> Um, Okay, so to piggyback on what Ami said, I am really glad that we get at least one more season with Anna, and I am going to be really sad when that's no longer the case. Um, But 
it kind of goes back to um, what I said earlier, and this also lends to what I'm most surprised about is just the magnificence of this podcast and this story and where we started and what it has become and the fans and the reception and the funding and the artwork and the downloads. It's all so amazing. And not that um, I didn't think that Trevor was beyond brilliant before, because I did, <laughs> um, but just what you guys have done with this and turned it into is so amazing. And, and it's, it's, it's just been such a wild ride. And, and I've had many life changes <laughs> during the podcast as well. Um, I mean, so that's yeah. also, this whole experience has just been intertwined and interesting and um, crazy and wonderful. Um, and so I, that's what surprises me the most is, you know, again, with all fondness where we started and what ha has become. And, um, I will be sad when it is over. Um, I think too, I mean, obviously I'll miss portraying Anna and the acting aspect, but I'll also miss seeing you guys. Oh. Um, because, and for those who don't know this, I lived, we all lived, not all of us, but the people who initially started this show lived in the same town at one point together. We, none of us live there anymore. <laughs> I don't think, well, most of us I don't. I do. Or Ami, Ami, Ami Je Jesse, Well, no, Jesse's in this area. Jesse's not, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of us live there, but several of us have since left. But um so we've all, we've all been friends for several years is my point. And um, I'll just miss seeing you guys with such regularity. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to find new reasons. Yes. To, uh, I'll miss yes, you please. Too. Let's find new reasons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And just, yeah, crazy things have happened in the years since <laughs> we started this podcast just as something to do during the early pandemic days. Yeah. Just yeah. a casual casual pandemic decision like let's make a 100 episode horror series starting right now let's go i know I mean, I mean all the actors i know have a lot more free time all of a sudden <laughs> which was so true which is so funny um it was really true i had all of this free time and then trevor texted me and then i didn't have any free time anymore <laughs> um, i swear so being funny. friends with me is not normally like that no i'm totally joking um but it is really funny because I mean, if you think about the schedule that we had, it's so funny because the first season was like the most grueling schedule. Um, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, it you was can just, just a say different. It. You can say no, yes. I definitely don't feel that way. It was just different. Um, but now it's it's just different. It's just a, a different um, experience, and um, it's great. It's been wonderful. Ezra, are you ready to talk? Because I'm not yet. <laughs> I am. I can talk. Um, I think for me, so me coming onto this project was a little different than everybody else because most of the main cast already knew each other. And I had, uh, you know, I saw an audition, I think I saw it on Twitter and I, I wanted to work on the show so 
fucking bad. I want to work on this show so bad. Like, I had never heard of it before, but I read the premise and I was like, oh, I want to play this character so bad. But I, like, I really didn't feel good about my audition. And I remember, like, I came out of the shed and I was like, I went to Brandon and I was like, I'm not getting that part. But, you know, I did read for it and I had a lot of fun. Um, and I did get it. And I think what surprised me the most was how um, I never felt out of place or like I was the one coming from the outside. Everybody was so nice, you know. Jesse Steele, so f- nice. Mike Kennedy, so nice. All of you, um, you know, I was really made to feel so welcome. And I, you know, that's something that is hard for me. Like coming into a room with a bunch of people who know each other and have that rapport. Mm-hmm. And um, I had an awesome experience. I wasn't like surprised, surprised, but it was, it was nice. And mm-hmm. um, I also very recently, like, I think three weeks ago, listened to the earliest episodes of the Sheridan tapes for the first time because I had only heard like from the second season forward. Um, and what surprised me is like, like you, Van Winkle, you skill wise have <laughs> improved so much. It's like it's dramatically mm. different. You have come so far. You've done sound design for two scripts that I've written now and was both excellent and so fun. And you should be so proud of yourself and what you've created. Thank you, Ezra. Yeah, I, I very much am. And yes, I, again, I I will freely say I didn't know what the hell I was doing back in 2020. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I mostly cast myself as Sam. Well, one, because I had played the character before and mm. two, because it's like, well, I know I can at least show up and record each week if no one else can. <laughs> can be so you gotta do it. Yeah, uh, it was it was a good convenience decision to make. It has worked out quite well. Absolutely. But but thank you, Esther. That's very, very kind of you. Um, I feel very, 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 very grateful that the Sheridan Tapes has been part of my life and uh, that we have one more season. I have time to think about it ending. Um, my life has also changed a bunch and my personal growth has like skyrocketed during the production of this show. I think that is very related for me. Um, cause I just, uh, I needed more time in my life to get to a point where I could believe in myself enough to stick to a long-term project that demanded a lot of me, but also gave me a lot of opportunities to actually like try and have a place to try and have a place to grow. Um, and there's a bunch of other things in my life that have changed and grown along with it. And like, I like the Sheridan tapes literally taught me how to create the kind of life that I actually want to have and not just the kind of life that I think I can figure out or be okay with. Like uh, working on something like this has stretched me to the point where I had to figure out so many different things and felt like I could. Um, And what surprises me about it is that a, a horror show did that probably but when i think about it like i don't know if you're writing about fears and anxieties and existentialism all the time like of course that would happen so i i guess like i i'm just very more grateful than i know how to say uh and the and that like there's still (laughs) uh things you know things developing with this show behind the scenes that are, are incredibly exciting and we can't wait to tell people when the time comes. So what about you, Van Winkle? How are you doing over there? I am, I'm, I am also spending a lot of time thinking about those early months of the show. Um, You know, that first table read, um, 
the times alone in my apartment where I was like figuring things out in the story, just like having bursts of insight and like writing them down on the, like the whiteboard I had on my wall and like piecing the story together out of just a bunch of threads of things I liked in the scripts I had just written very quickly to get the series off the ground. Um, just the fact that we are now rounding the corner on the last chapter of the story where those answers will come to fruition and that we have such a clear plan, you know, to get there at this point. Um, it's kind of crazy to me. I didn't know if the series would last this long. I didn't know if we would, you know, ever get to those answers. Um, and I'm also really surprised about the path we've taken to, to get here. Cause I didn't know how the story was going to unfold when we started. Um, and also, yeah, in terms of what surprised me the most, like, just every season doing the, you know, you know, this season featured in order of appearance lists in the end oh. credits um, and just going through the names of every single person mm -hmm. who was in the show that season. Just it, it is so amazing to me that so many people from around the world, um, so many amazing, incredible, talented people, people I you know have looked up to and, you know, like had huge amounts of respect for and never thought they would ever be on anything that I had created um, <laughs> were a part of bringing the story to life. Um, and that includes, of course, everyone on this call. Um, mm -hmm. It just, it just blows me away. And I am so <laughs> coming from a place where, you know, when I started doing fiction podcasts like this, it was literally just me alone in my apartment with a single mic writing, recording, editing everything for that initial, you know, Sam Bailey story and that it has grown to this place and that I have met so many wonderful people and worked with so many incredible, talented actors and, you know, artists and just, I am just so incredibly grateful for this series and everything it has become and everyone who has made it what it is. So, mm. yeah. How does it feel being so close to the end? Uh, a lot like it felt coming into this season, which is to say, I don't know a lot of what is happening or what's going to happen. I'm not going to lie. I have not listened to a lot of this show. I've listened to most of season one, and then I had to pare that back because it got too scary for me. I haven't even gotten to season two. I don't know why Ned is a problem. I only know that he is, and I believe that because the bits that I have heard him talk, I'm like, nope. That's a rascal. You have ill intentions. What are you up to, sir? Um, but yeah, I guess the part that surprises me, although in retrospect, it really shouldn't. The thing that surprises me is that for as much as I have listened, like, I don't feel like I know anything more. You know, like everything only raises further questions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of here being like, what's going to happen next? Along with everyone listening, I guess. So uh, I guess we'll find out together. <laughs> it's a weird feeling being so close to the end of the show. I, it honestly, it's been a part of my life off and on just because I'm usually writing music prior to the start of the seasons and then enjoying listening to the seasons like everyone else. It's been a part of my life for, for many years. And so the idea of it just not being a thing anymore <laughs> is really weird. Um, both as a person involved in creating it, but also, and in some ways, maybe more so as a listener and an audience member, it's it's something I look forward to every week when a season is running. 
is getting in my car on the way home from the studio and trying to get through an episode as I drive back to the house. And I just, I, I love experiencing it and seeing what Trevor has done with my music and the ways that it's landed and just being a part of the community and the creative team. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, to sum it up in a word, it's weird. And I think the thing that surprises me most about the show is how much the first music that I wrote for the show in the first season still works. I mean, I've written a lot of music since that first season, but the first batch of music I've used is probably the music that is still used the most in the show. And I, I don't hate it yet, which is sort of surprising. And I, I think it's actually, it works. So, you know, that that surprises me. I kept expecting to sort of be over it by now, but I, I think with the new themes and stuff, I mean, maybe everyone else feels differently, but to me, I, I think it's still working. So that's definitely been, been a surprise. All right. Before our final question, I do want to mention we are crowdfunding right now. So if you not, if you not, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm getting tired. <laughs> I want to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have not supported the campaign yet, please go check it out. Uh, Seed and Spark slash fund slash Sheridan Tapes 4. I think I forgot a dot com in there. The link's in the notes. You, you get it. It's been everywhere. Yeah. If you follow us on social media, please check it out. Even if 5 or $10 helps a lot, um, we really do need to raise that money in order to pay people in order to make season four. It's a good story we have for you at the end here, and we need your help to um, work on it. Sorry, that reminded me of Galaxy Quest when they're like, we need your help. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yes yes okay so that's my little crowdfunding plug um and we'll go into the final question here from aries are there any plans for long-term series or projects following the end of the sheridan tapes yeah i have ideas um my main thing right now is i really want to go back and do more um stories in you know, the Tales of the Echo Wood series. Um, I have mm-hmm. a plan for about four more seasons of that. Um, if, you know, that's something people want. Um, it's something I definitely want, so I might just yeah. do it anyway. Um, uh, honestly, yeah, the Echo Wood is fantastic. Yeah, I've got a really excited, I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's a very basic outline at this point, but the shape of where it's, where I want it to go, I'm very excited about. Um, and, you know, we've given some thought about, you know, the, the series itself is coming to an end, but there might be, you know, the possibility of, you know, little one-off special things or maybe some kind of anthology projects kind of set in the story and tone of the Sheridan tapes um, that we've talked about maybe doing at some point. But yeah, right now, my focus is very much just on um, the final the final season is kind of a crazy story, and I really just want to make sure all of my attention is on telling that um, as best I can and, you know, making sure we we land this 100 episode behemoth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of our intentions are aligned on like continuing to make um, beautiful, ambitious, quality projects after this point. So this this will not be the end. It it perhaps will be the end of the Sheridan tapes, but, you know, there's always more stuff. Boy, um, this was like a lot more sentimental than I actually expected it to be. But um, you know what? It's been really lovely. And it's so it's so nice to be able to talk about it this way with everyone. And it's not like we're, we're fitting in bits of conversation before recording sessions or something like that. It's like actually getting to talk about the show. Um, thank you all so much for being here. 
Uh, thank you, everyone who submitted questions. Um, and thank you to our people who've recorded answers for us remotely and submitted them. Uh, who wants, anyone want to say anything else before we close this out? <laughs> um, I just want to thank all of the fans for their yes. support. Um, all of the art, all of the positivity, the wonderful comments. Um, you know, just thank you guys. It's been a wild ride and you've been, you know, the best part. So absolutely. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you so much to our listeners. It is one of life's greatest joys for me as a person who makes things is to make things that people actually engage with and listen to and experience and to have so many of you listen to and dissect and enjoy the show is just an absolute honor. Um, so I'm incredibly thankful for you and I can't wait to be a part of and also just experience this final season of the show coming up. So season three was great. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you. All right, Van Winkle, you want to close this out? Uh, yeah, might as well. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening to what I'm assuming is going to be a two-part thing that will go on quite long. But um, this has been a lot of fun just chatting with all of you and glad to be able to share it with everyone listening. So uh, take care of yourselves. There'll be more kind of bonus inter-season content coming at your way uh, shortly. There will be a bit of a break, obviously, over kind of the uh, holiday season, but... We will be back before you know it. Um, please do support the crowdfunding campaign mm -hmm. um, if you haven't already. And um, yeah, we'll see y'all very soon. Bye. The final season of The Sheridan Tapes is crowdfunding now at seedandspark.com slash fund slash Sheridan Tapes 4. Help us finish the story of Anna Sheridan and find answers to the mystery and get exclusive rewards and perks for backing the campaign before it closes on December 11th, 2022. That's seedandspark.com slash fund slash Sheridan Tapes, the number four, or follow the crowdfunding link at thesheridantapes.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.